Where are we off to today, Sam? We're going to Foolish Things Coffee in downtown Tulsa, where we're going to meet with Terry French, who is in charge of the Tulsa Spirit Tours. I figured she'd be an excellent starting point to kind of give us an overview of what spooky stories and dark secrets Tulsa might have for us. Oh, they should have plenty. I'm sure she does, so I'm quite excited. But do you happen to have any stories about Tulsa worth sharing? Uh, well, there is, of course, the old story of Will Rogers High School. Now, what's that story? They say that their director of orchestra and band, Dr. Carl Burnett, in 1974, while directing one of the performances in the theater, uh, had a heart attack and passed away. But the legend is that he's still there, still directing. People claim to see a figure in a white tuxedo on the stage from time to time. Others claim to uh, hear music playing and lots of EVPs, whispers, going on in the dark. So it's not just a few folks, but the uh, students, uh, janitorial staff, uh, anyone sticking around after hours say they see figures and hear these sounds. Well, that's creepy. And ironic, the song they were playing was Box Come Sweet Death. Well, let's find out what Terry has for us today. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff Root. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled where we explore ghost stories and urban legends. Want to enjoy some stories about Oklahoma in comic book form? Well then, my friend, you need to check out Okie Comics. Get the latest issue for free at okiecomics.com. O-K-I-E comics.com. For the record, could you please state your first and last name? Terry French, T-E-R-I-F-R-E-N-C-H. Did that out of habit. (laughs) No worries. I get that quite a bit. All right, Terry, this is my co-host and Professor Joff DeRoot. Hello. Uh, That's uh, DeRoot. Pleasure to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Thank you for meeting with us. We're outside Foolish Things Coffee in Tulsa, Oklahoma today. Got some kind of cloudy weather today outside. Nice and spooky. Nice and spooky, but I did check the forecast, so I don't think we're going to run inside due to any sudden downpour. But we're on Route 66, which I thought was pretty fun, so I appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today. Thanks for having me. So go ahead. um, I reached out to you because I found out you do ghost tours in Tulsa, so I was really curious to hear a little bit about yourself and what you do exactly. Well, um, I actually had a personal experience with a ghost back in the late 90s. It was 1998. I actually got a picture of one on a Polaroid. Pretty woke me up as to what was going on around me. It kind of made me want to research the history of that place, which was a place I was working. And I got into this, what seemed like... um, a rabbit hole of trying to find out who she was or the it was uh, there was a murder that occurred at that property and so you know it got a rabbit hole of finding out who she was who did it how it happened all this good stuff and as I got into digging about that you know realizing all of the stuff that was happening around the clubhouse where I worked was all related to that ghost and so um, when I started doing that and got that picture and I just went to the internet to try to find other people that might want to see if they could help me figure out what was in this picture because I was really curious at that point and uh, I found out there wasn't really anyone that did paranormal research and around here the, back then there was in those late 90s I found a team in Texas um, 
jumped on their message board. They kind of talked to me a little bit about protocol and equipment and things like that. And next thing I know, I'm meeting people in Oklahoma City and driving back and forth and just kind of started my own thing here in Tulsa a little bit after that. That's quite the origin story. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about Tulsa's history. Tulsa has got some pretty dark history here. Um, we have, of course, the, the largest race riot massacre in United States history still to this date in our, that happened right here in downtown Tulsa. Um, it's not a pleasant part of our history, but it's one that we can't ignore. I mean, it happened. It's, it is what it is. It's, um, and so there's other things, too, that people don't know about. There's one called um, the Tulsa Outrage. happened a few years prior to the Tulsa Race Massacre. A lot of people think uh, those were related as far as... And so there's a lot of a lot of dark history here in the city that I felt like needed told. Um, and as as I got to learning more and more about the history of different places here in the city, you know, the, the famous haunts that we all know of, the Brady Theater, Kane's Ballroom, I was kind of starting to divulge into ones that were not so known. And it was kind of interesting to find that we have a lot of secrets in our backyard that we didn't know about. On a brighter note... What are some of the more positive things and exciting and fun things if people were just coming to Tulsa? Like, what should they do? What's oh, my gosh. Tulsa has such an amazing music and art scene. It's it's like no other I've seen anywhere. And so if you come downtown on a weeknight, like the first Friday, Art Crawls, they've got, you know, vendors and artists and musicians and all kinds of stuff out on the streets. It's the nightlife. It's, it's just beautiful down there. We have a lot of cool places like the Gathering Place. Oh, the we Gathering have, Place is beautiful. Yeah, and just a lot of a lot of um, self-made entrepreneurs here too. Like this place where we're at, Foolish Things Coffee, and little places like that all over town that people put together, and it just has really good vibes, really good food, really good music, everything. It's just that's that's what Tulsa encompasses to me, I guess. Uh, with such a dark history. I guess the famous ones are, of course, Brady Theater and Kane's Ballroom. Tell us about those. Um, well, as far as the Brady Theater, um, it was it played an integral part in the Tulsa Race Massacre. And um, it, several hundred men went in, not near that many came out. It was supposed to be a safe place for the victims of the race riots. Um, it turned out to be something totally different. <laughs> men mm. were, once the doors were closed, honestly, nobody knows what happened inside. But rumors are men were tortured. Uh, killed, burned alive in the coal furnace in the basement. Their bones swept out and buried behind the walls. Um, we don't know. That's still an urban legend to this day. I actually asked the owner, Peter Mayo, if he's ever thought about, because there is different color brick and mortar down hmm. there. I mean, if you ever thought about digging that out to see if there's really bones behind there. And he said at one time he thought about it, but it was opening Pandora's box. It was a bad idea. His entire staff threatened to quit. And he, he just didn't want to, he was worried about what they were going to open up doing that. So they never did, but it is still kind of an urban legend. So, um, but it is fact. And there's pictures actually in my book that show that there was men that were corralled in there, like herd of, herds of cattle by gunpoint with their arms in the air. Now, if it was a safe place, they wouldn't be by gunpoint with their arms in the air, now mm-hmm. would they? There's pictures of that. And it, like I said, several hundred men went in, not near that many came out. And so it's got some pretty deep secrets in that basement. Wow. For a quick reference, uh, what book are you talking about? Oh, sorry. The book I wrote uh, back in 2010, which is uh, Tulsa's Haunted Memories. Thank you for that clarification. Could you continue with the uh, Kane's Ballroom? Now, the Kane's Ballroom, <laughs> I actually had a personal experience there when way before I ever started doing paranormal research, which made me, once I started doing that, it made me want to go back there. 
and I was at a concert one evening and it was over. We stayed behind to talk to the bartender. It was a friend of ours. And uh, eventually the bouncer was like, you guys need to leave. You need to get out of here. We need to close up. We need to get our stuff done. I like, okay, can I use the restroom? He said, sure. And at that time, the restrooms were the old restrooms where they were behind the bar or behind the stage. And I went back there and I'm doing my business and I hear a woman moaning, sighing and crying, crying and sobbing. And there's only two bathroom stalls back there. So I'm by myself. <laughs> I didn't know where this crying was coming from. I finally said, are you okay? Hello, are you okay? It stopped, I got up, looked around, nobody was there. When I called back later and talked to the owner's son, Hunter, he dropped the phone when I was telling him the story and I really thought he was gonna pick it up and tell me I was crazy and hang up. But he actually um, said, you know, that's insane. He said the same thing happened to him after he was cleaning up after a concert in the bathroom one night, he heard a woman crying and moaning and sobbing. So with that experience, it made me want to look farther into it. Um, I did come to find out as far as the history is concerned in the 40s, like 47 to 50, 1950, it was called the Crazy Place. Uh, it was also nicknamed the Rowdy Roadhouse. And the Tulsa City prosecutor at the time actually wanted the Canes Ballroom demolished. He said that it was the biggest menace to the entire city and all of our problems started there. And then the Tulsa World did report some of the toughest gang fights took place right there in front of the Canes Ballroom's doors. So he wanted the place, he wanted a wrecking ball taken to it, and thankfully that didn't happen, and we still have that legendary ballroom today. But it was known to be quite a rough and tumble place, and it was not one that you wanted to visit back then. <laughs> What's it like nowadays? Nowadays, oh yeah, you get everybody in there from, uh, you know, shine down, and <laughs> you know, some really awesome bands come through there. It's an awesome place to see a show. It's very intimate, because it's small. Um, so you feel like, you know, and the acoustics are really good. Um, and it's got pictures of all the people that have ever played there that, you know, from way back in the day hanging on the wall. But I can tell you, if you go there at night <laughs> and you're there in the evening, you know, it's not uncommon for there to be equipment malfunctions and lights turning on and off by themselves and glasses clanging behind the bar with no one behind them, things like that. So it's, it's got a little bit of a history there that makes it, makes it fun to visit today as much as, the, you know, and see. Sorry, I don't know where I was going there. Okay. <laughs> What other places have you investigated? In Tulsa, we've done um, the Cave House, which is down on Charles Page Boulevard, which is super cool. Um, it's an old speakeasy from back in the 1920s. Back in the day, if you uh, knew the right password, they would take you behind the fireplace and down some stairs into a secret ballroom. Those were where you could get drinks during Prohibition back in the day. I was also told that there was a door at the end of that ballroom that led to some underground tunnels that went to the mansions up on the top of the hill. So a lot of the gangsters would come in and drink there and they would sit back by that back door so if the law came in, they could make a quick getaway. Um, so we've investigated that place. We've investigated the uh, Tulsa uh, Little Theater, which used to be called the Delaware Theater. It's real old. We've investigated uh, Canes, Brady, Tulsa Garden Center. We've done a lot of private residences. There's some um, up and down Cherry Street. We've done some uh, metaphysical bookstores. We've done... <laughs> Uh, we pretty much saturated the city back in the day. Gilcrease is probably the biggest, though. That's probably the most haunted place in Tulsa. That's one that we... Mm -hmm. Tell us about the... I'm curious about the Gilcrease Museum. Tell us more about that. It's actually not that... Well, they do say the museum is haunted and weird things happen in there. 
oh, I got a fun story from there about, about the museum, but uh, the house that sits on the property, and it's made primarily of sandstone, taken straight out of the Gilcrease Hills. And, and as a paranormal researcher, we like sandstone because it carries a magnetic energy or carries a, an energy to it. So we believe that could be contributing to the hauntings there. Um, but and there's nothing really tragic, which is kind of crazy with the Gilcrease house that's associated with it other than the original um, builder, his name was Flowers Nelson, and he was building it for his fiancée, Carrie. She died a very tragic sudden death during the construction of the home, and he couldn't bear to live there without her. But that's about as tragic as I could find associated with the house, but it's probably, like I said, one of the most haunted houses in Tulsa. Mr. Gilcrease has never left. We've actually got his voice on audio during um, an EVP session. So, yeah, <laughs> he's definitely there. And um, it's been very well-known fact that the Gilcrease house is, is very, very haunted. They used to have children's... Uh, art appreciation classes in there it didn't last very long kids were getting spooked so they don't do that anymore now they're renovating it and i went in there so bad i called and they won't let me in <laughs> liability reasons but what are they doing with the renovations i have no idea they're probably taking out more walls and adding walls and doing things like that which is activity so for sure so should have some interesting stories after the i hope so right mm-hmm for our listeners that are curious to take one of your tours, what's the tour experience like? Well, I offer several different tours. I've got everything from a serial killer tour to walking uh, ghost tours to um, a haunted Tulsa bus tour that I've been doing for 16 years. And um, they can expect to hear a lot of Tulsa history, some ghost stories, actual real paranormal experiences coming from real paranormal investigators. Uh, they can expect to hear EVPs on some of those, which is electronic voice phenomenon. That's I think is really cool and, and gives them kind of a 3D experience almost, you know, because they get to see a picture. We have a uh, I have a big TV on my bus now, so they can see a picture of a basement of the Brady and hear the EVP that was taken at that time. So they kind of can see where it was taken and kind of just gives them, I think, a little bit deeper experience. So we try to make sure they have a lot of a lot of history and a lot of ghost stories. What are some of your stops? Um, well, I change it up because I've been doing them for so long. I change it up about every five years. So this year we're going, I went with a patriotic theme um, because it's my 16th year of doing them. I thought sweet 16. And when I was 16, I traveled the country with my grandfather who was a war hero. So um, I put a patriotic theme to my tours this year because of that. And so this year we're going into the VFW and the American Legion, which have some cool history and uh, incredibly haunting stories and um, going into Oakland Cemetery but in the past we've taken people into Brady into Canes um, we've Tulsa Little Theater the Cave House Gilcrease we'd get out and walk around there so we, it just depends on the tour and like I said we change it up every few years but we always guarantee getting to go inside at least one location um, hopefully so What's going on at the VFW and American Legion? Well, the American Legion, um, we happened to just, because we were over at Oakland Cemetery, it's right next door, and we just happened to go in there for a beer, and we were telling them what we were doing, and they started telling us all these stories. I mean, one of them that I thought was pretty awesome was uh, a lady who was had a lot of veterans in her family, just happened to stop by the American Legion, just wanted to go in and give, you know, some money or whatever and she said a, an Indian woman appeared in front of her and said that the soldiers buried me underneath this building and then disappeared 
Um, so they've had things like that. They've had typewriter covers go flying off across the room. They've had doors swing open by themselves. A back door they've heard banging on and they'd open it up. Nobody was there. So they've had a lot of weird experiences at the American Legion. The VFW, however, though, it, it was the first brick and mortar building in, Tul- in Oklahoma, actually. And it was built in 1918, I want to say. It might have been a little bit sooner. And uh, that one actually acted as a field hospital for the race riot victims. So there was a lot of bloodshed on the floors of that mm. building um, from that reason. So uh, a lot of people died in there. Tragic. It was. I asked Terry about Route 66 stories, which she didn't have any, but the professor asked about the serial killer, which was news to him. Yeah, I know we had a serial killer here in the 1940s. They called him the Tulsa Northside Killer. Um, And we take you on the route that he took when he murdered his victims. He murdered seven women. And we take you on the the route that he murdered, you know, the route he took. We tell you what he did to them, what he did afterwards. Um, And then there was two other serial killers that actually came through Tulsa. um, And one of them, their final victim, was here in Tulsa. It was she killed 11 husbands or 11 people. I'm sorry. Seven of them were husbands and then a grandchild. And I can't remember exactly how they were, but uh, Nanny Doss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her last husband was here. Uh, Samuel Doss, and he was the last husband she killed. So she was a serial killer that came through here. So on the serial killer tour, we talk about her. We talk about the Hex House, uh, Carolyn Smith, here at the Hex House. You know, she murdered several people as well. So that's the 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 serial killer tour kind of goes over that and some kind of kind of weird murders that happened in Tulsa. What's the Hex House? Isn't that some sort of like haunted attraction? What's really cool is the haunted attraction started because of my tours. The guys that actually started it um, went on my tour and they heard about the Hex House because it is an actual historical thing here in Tulsa. And when they went on this, my tour, after that, they created the very first Hex House, which was right next door to the Canes Ballroom. And they invited me and my team free of charge because we gave them the idea. So it was pretty cool. It's since been sold. A new guy owns it. But yes, it is based off a historic event here in Tulsa. A woman by the name of Carol Ann Smith held two women captive in a basement for eight years under the guise of religious slavery. Um, saying, you know, if they went to work, did what she said, brought back her paycheck so she could live a very lavish lifestyle, that they would be guaranteed a spot in heaven and they wouldn't, you know burning brimstone I guess so Mm -hmm. uh, the women claimed that they were hypnotized or mesmerized or some kind had somehow had a spell cast on them uh, to believe this nonsense and that's that's why how it got the name the hex house back in the 40s if they any type of witchcraft was mentioned of course you know or Mm -hmm. any kind of mesmerization it was automatically witchcraft or what have you so that's kind of how that came about but it is a true event that happened here in mm-hmm. Tulsa. It's actually right down the street. It's wild to think they would leave every day and come back to that. One worked at PSO and one worked at ONG. And they came back and brought their paychecks and gave them to her. And she lived, like I said, a pretty lavish lifestyle off of the women. They, uh, before they found them, when they found them, uh, Carolyn Smith did have an insurance policy on both the girls. And, and they do believe that she was intending to murder them because um, she would collect the insurance. Back then, you didn't have to be related to someone to have an insurance policy on them. She actually had an insurance policy on her housekeeper, Beulah Walker. And Beulah was seen running, screaming out of the Hex house. And she ran out into 21st Street and was hit by oncoming traffic and died. And Carolyn Smith got a pretty ni- nice, large insurance mm. policy off the death of her housekeeper. So she had that on 
her, her ex-husband, her father, <laughs> and, and the girls. And so she, uh, she had a little plan that she was doing here in town. So what is it about Tulsa that seems to attract so much wildness? <laughs> well, back in the day, uh, I think a lot of that wildness, we, we would have no clue that there was ever prohibition here in town. I mean, the, the liquor and everything flew through the streets much like the oil did. Um, it was pretty much the Wild West. And I think, too, that it, because of all the oil and all the money, uh, we had not just oil, but we had aviation and railroad as well. There, so there's a lot of money here because of those industries. And uh, they were almost untouchable in a sense by the law. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, they got away with a lot and a lot happened and not a lot of people cared. And a lot of people turned the other cheek and just kind of let things go because money ruled it. I don't know if you guys know, but we had a... The, one of the longest running brothels here in Tulsa started in the 30s started in 1936 and uh, anyone want to guess as to when it may have shut down uh, last Tuesday <laughs> you'd almost think that 1979 wow. we actually had a working brothel here until 1979 called the May Rooms fun story uh, the lady that ran it its name's Pauline Lambert well, um, when she got busted in 1979, 80-year-old woman, kind of frail in a wheelchair, and they brought her to court, and they're like, okay, well, don't skip the country, you're fine. Her attorneys continued to fight it four years after her death, not knowing hmm. she had passed away, because her uh, obituary was in her real name, which was Clara Palmer. Sounds very angelic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was a Sunday school teacher, so they had no clue wow. it was her, because this is a glowing Sunday school teacher obituary in the paper. They had no idea it was the madam. Hmm. So they fought it for four years after her death and then when the money ran out they went looking for her to find out she'd passed away and of course the case was dropped but um, that building where that happened where the May rooms were is said to be very haunted too and they say TVs come on and off by themselves and you know glasses will knock over by themselves and you crash on the floor and things like that so I did read something that when it was a brothel back in the 30s or 40s uh, a John, or a, it got robbed and there's a bit bad robbery that happened there and people got hurt but they, he ended up tying up all the Johns and calling Channel 8 and Channel 8 came down and filmed their faces and then he, he left <laughs> Wow You mentioned tunnels under the city what's going on with those? I think I'm the only person in town that doesn't do tunnel tours. Everyone does. Um, the the Historical Society, the Tulsa Foundation for Architecture, there's a Tulsa tour company here, there's uh, Tulsa Community College. I want to say there's like six different companies that do tunnel tours here in town, so I don't do them because I don't think they need a seventh person doing a tunnel tour. Also, the tunnels are very, uh, they're really pretty. They're carpeted, they're painted, they're lighted, they're not spooky and dilapidated, so I don't really have much of an interest mm. in them. Everybody He's always asking me, why don't I do tunnel tours? Well, they, they're, they're pretty. They're not spooky. So I'm not really interested in those. But um, there is one original tunnel still left. And um, it's kind of spooky. But those tunnels actually did used to take oil men to and from the buildings downtown. So there was a big uh, scare back in the day, the oil men getting kidnapped back, you know, Lind Lindbergh baby and those kind of things were going on. And oil men were getting uh kidnapped a lot and held for ransom hmm. so because they had so much money and so um that's one of the reasons they had the tunnels is so that they could safely pass between their offices and homes and things like that without being kidnapped so these underground tunnels still exist and still active they correct? are yes what are some of the points that they connect to 
They connect to some of the big buildings downtown. There's one that's awesome, and it's got a bit. It's an old bank, and it's still got the big, huge vault down there. And um, so, it, yeah, you, they go between some of the bigger buildings downtown. But nothing spooky in any no, of them. Not, not that I've been able to find yet. It sounds like a fun. It is. It's real. They're really cool. So I do recommend those the underground tunnel tours for sure. Similar to probably Oklahoma City's underground. Possibly yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 I'll cut <laughs> it's that part also out. carpeted and well lit. Yeah. So. They, yeah. Yeah. The, the one in Oklahoma City is kind of like like a more of like a little art gallery now in a way. Um, it's more like just getting people from to and from places. Uh, nothing too particularly spooky or interesting. Yeah. It was very pretty and very artistic. So they got these lights and it's very colorful. Good for like taking pictures. And That's such. what. Yeah. yeah. Ours are kind of like that too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you want to talk about downtown. Uh, do you got any stories about downtown Tulsa? You, you so anything the race about the- riot massacres. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anything-, anything about all these churches? <laughs> well. There is. This is. We are in the cathedral district right over here, mm. so that's why you're hearing all the bells. <laughs> um, there is a story about one of them, and I'm. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm. It's escaping me which church it is right now. One of these churches down here had a, had a mortuary in it, and apparently they used it, and the, they used it for the kids. <laughs> And the, the kids program and had kids down there. I guess kids were getting scared or something. I, I don't know the whole story of it, but it's one of the ones down here. I do have a kind of a, a different story about one of the churches down here. It's the first, uh, the one on Boston, the First Avenue, I think it is. With the big red doors, it's just beautiful. One of the, it's one of the very first churches down here. And the pastor and his wife, um, they were at home one day and they weren't far from the church, but, and she heard a banging, like a massive banging on the door. And this is in the 1920s. And, uh, she come to the door and a gentleman, an African-American was standing there and said, please save me, please save me. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. So she took him in and put him underneath the kitchen sink and made him, made him get in there and close the doors. And these martial law guys come knocking, you know, marshals come knocking on the door and they say, we understand that you have, a gentleman in here and she's like I don't know what you're talking about and they said we're going to search your house and she said that's fine and she stood in front of the sink the whole time and didn't mm. move and let them search the house and they tore it up upside down one you know, side the other and uh, looking for this gentleman and when they couldn't find him they looked at her and they said if we find that you've been harboring this gentleman we're going to kill you and they left and she let him go uh, of course you know waited till the coast was clear let the gentleman go and uh they said what I read the the legend I said was he tended to their yard work and garden until his last dying day as a thank mm-hmm. you for saving his life to That's the pastor really. and his wife but they were actually run out of town after the Tulsa race massacre because they were known to sympathize with the victims um, and so they were run out of town shortly thereafter but hmm. he still tended to it even after they were gone wow glimmer of light even in right? all this darkness right exactly we have all these little districts down here, which is kind of cool. We have the Pearl District. We have um, the Tulsa Arts District. We have the Cathedral District. We have um, East Village District. So we have everything downtowns in these little, their own little districts. And I'm trying to find little stories from each one. Um, most of them I've got some, like the Pearl District. Again, the May Rooms, the, the, the longest-running brothel. She had a hotel called the Pearl Hotel. Now they call it the Pearl District. And she had broad nose rubies, which was one of her other uh, brothels. Um, so we have all these cool little districts. I'm trying to find little stories about from each one. 
seems no shortage. No, it doesn't. I, I want to find more, though. <laughs> The professor took a moment to write in his black leather notebook. He mumbled something about so many leads. After a moment, Terry told us about the Tulsa outrage. That happened in 1918, a few years prior to the race riot massacre, but 17 union workers of America refused to buy war bonds. Back then you had to, that got you your toiletries, your you know, clothing, all of that stuff, but in turn that money went to pay the war. And these gentlemen were so against the war, they refused to buy him. Well, it is a government infraction. And so they were brought into Judge J.D. Evans' courtroom here in downtown Tulsa. And uh, rather than giving them a sentence, Judge J.D. Evans did something very unorthodox, called in three men. These three men were cloaked in robes, black robes, totally covering their faces and bodies. And referred to them as the Knights of Liberty and officially addressed the court saying that they were not KKK. <laughs> Which, That's not suspicious at all. Not at all, right? And so he officially addressed saying that they weren't, that they were to refer to them as the Knights of Liberty, and he wanted the Knights of Liberty to impose justice. And he, they did. They took these 17 men by gunpoint, one by one, uh, tied them up to trees, whipped them, and beat them just mercifully, I mean, to, to near death. As these men laid on the ground, bleeding, uh, open, gaping wounds, they then tarred and feathered them. I can't even imagine the pain of hot tar and an open wound had to be excruciating. A lot of the men passed out from the pain. Several played dead just to get the torture to stop. Um, but that was an event called the Tulsa Outrage that happened in 1918. And they all came back because one of those three cloaked men actually took his hat off to admire his little handiwork, thinking that he had done them all in and put his hat back on and walked away. Well, those 17 men survived, and they came back to Judge J.D. Evans and tried to get some justice for the way they were treated, because that wasn't, mm. <laughs> that was not a good way to handle that situation. And uh, they all pointed their finger at Mr. Tate Brady. That's the famous name around here. And uh, of course, nothing happened, because Tate Brady was our founding father. I mean, he was, he uh, incorporated Tulsa. He was very wealthy, nothing, he couldn't be touched. So. Uh, nothing, of course, happened, uh, and they do believe that could have been a precursor to the race riots, even though it wasn't racially motivated. Mm -hmm. The men were of all nationalities and different colors, and there's whites, there's blacks, there's Indians. So um, the Tulsa outrage is definitely another, you know, dirty little secret of Tulsa's. Seems no shortage of those either. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us here at Foolish Things Coffee. Before we go, could you let everyone know where can they find your tours at and how can they sign up and take one? We're on Facebook um, or best is, best way to do it is on the website, TulsaSpiritTour.com. Um, if you click tours and registrations at the top of the page, it'll show you all the tours I offer. You click on that particular tour, you can find the dates, the prices and all that stuff. There's a frequently asked questions. There's... Um, info about us and things like that there's a contact us page if you just go there and want more information you can uh, reach me that way as well all right thank you thank you guys tales unveiled is a production of the show starts now studios and is produced by dennis spielman the voice of sam saxton is dennis spielman the voice of professor jeff derute is jeff provine we would like to thank Terry French for sharing stories with us. Would you like to get early access to new episodes, including bonus content? Visit talesunveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. This episode's advice comes from Martin Luther King Jr. 
Nothing in all the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. 